Whenever you're going through a challenging time and you're all the more frustrated because you feel like your suffering is meaningless or otherwise without purpose, it's really helpful to go through this really famous gospel that you find in the Gospel of Luke chapter 5, basically the story of the calling of St. Peter. So given all that, I want to spend some time today sort of unpacking that particular story for you with that particular intention in mind. So the way the story begins, Jesus is basically facing a ton of people, right? So a ton of people are pressing in on him near the Lake of Gennesaret, as a result of which he's basically looking for a boat that he can basically push away from the shore and preach and otherwise speak to the people from a safe distance. And in doing so, he happens to look at St. Peter and his companions who are basically washing their nets after having fished all night. And so as you probably know, the common practice amongst fishermen back in the day was to essentially fish at night if only because nets were typically made out of linen, and linen nets, quite frankly, are a lot harder to see in the darkness of night. And so given all that, for the gospel to now say that Peter and his companions are simply washing their nets, it's basically describing the same sort of situation as a taxi driver, for example, who's been driving all night and now is just ready to go home, kick back, and have a beer. And so again, St. Peter and his companions, after having fished all night, they just want to go home. But then Jesus Christ gets in St. Peter's boat without permission and basically asks St. Peter to put out a short distance from the shore. Which begs the question, what is St. Peter feeling in his heart? What is he thinking in his mind when Jesus actually does this? And as a bit of a side note, sometimes I'll expound upon this particular gospel with the kids at the local schools. And once they get to this point in the story and they ask them the same question, like, what do you think St. Peter is thinking and feeling when Jesus gets into his boat without permission? Initially, they don't get it. And so they respond by saying, well, St. Peter is obviously feeling happy. He's feeling honored. But then when I press the issue and I make it real, then they realize what the answer is supposed to be. Something like St. Peter is probably feeling frustrated. He's probably feeling angry. He's probably thinking to himself on some level, just get out of my boat. But you see, even that is really interesting because it then raises this other question. Why doesn't Peter just say that? Why doesn't he just say to the Lord, just get out of my boat. I want to go home and, and take a nap. You got to read between the lines, but basically I think what's happening here is that St. Peter is aware of the crowd. So the crowd, obviously they want to hear what Jesus has to say. They admire Jesus. They see him as this prophet, this holy man. And basically St. Peter doesn't want to look bad in front of the crowd. So he goes with this thing that initially he doesn't really want to do. But you see, what's interesting is that even this raises a really interesting question, right? So again, you got a picture of the scene. Jesus is sitting on St. Peter's boat, is pushed away from the shore so he can preach to the people. But then the question is, when he does this, when he preaches to the people, does Jesus give a short sermon, a medium sermon, or a long sermon? Well, the gospel doesn't say, but I always imagine that he gives a really long sermon. Again, because of the crowd, right? The crowd is so big, they're pressing in on him near the Lake of Gennesaret. And so basically to give them their money's worth, he gives them, I imagine, a really long sermon. But you see, here's the thing. If that's actually the case, that Jesus gives a really long sermon, then it makes it all the more interesting when at the end of this really long, convoluted sermon, he then turns to St. Peter while still in the boat and says to him, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Loosely translated, let's go fishing. In response to which, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to imagine that Peter, who's already exhausted and already has sat through this really long sermon, is completely livid. 
And of course, the reason why St. Peter would be so angry is basically for two reasons. First of all, because he just wants to go home, right? So if he began the story wanting to go home, now he really wants to go home, especially after having sat through uh, that really long sermon. But the second reason why he would be so angry and frustrated is because between the two of them, between himself and the Lord, one of them is a professional fisherman. And so from St. Peter's perspective, if he, as the professional fisherman, has fished all night in that lake and caught nothing, well, if you play the odds, there's probably no fish in the lake of Genesaret. And yet, despite all these objections, despite all these points of resistance in St. Peter's heart, he still puts his nets out into the deep, which begs the question, why? Well, hopefully by now you kind of know what the answer is, right? The answer is because of the crowd. And so again, the crowd regards Jesus Christ as being this holy guy, this great prophet. And quite frankly, St. Peter doesn't want to look like a jerk in front of the crowd. And so he basically does again what Jesus wants him to do. But then, of course, you know what happens next, right? And so they catch so much fish, Peter and his companions, that their boats begin to sink, right? As a result of which, St. Peter realizes he's in the presence of divinity. So he falls on his knees and he says to the Lord, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. In response to which, of course, the Lord says, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will become fishers of men. As a result of which, Peter and his companions, they leave everything. They leave behind their old lives, their, their previous livelihood, to follow Christ on this great adventure. And that's how the story basically ends. Okay, but at this point, I want to go back to the issue of the fish and pose sort of a hypothetical. So think of it like this. Imagine there was no Jesus and there was no crowd, and Peter simply caught this huge amount of fish, the same amount of fish that he caught at the end of this gospel. The question I have is, what would he do in response to catching that huge amount of fish? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting, but when I pose this particular question to kids in our local schools, in the midst of expounding upon this particular gospel, what kids will typically say in response is Peter would sell the fish and give the money to the poor, because that seems to be the right answer. But once they press it, they come to realize that the real answer is he would sell the fish and then go home and tell himself, I'm an awesome fisherman. I'm an awesome fisherman because look how many fish that I've caught. I mean, it's built into the name, right? Fisherman. The more fish I have, the more man that I am, right? So basically at the end of the story, if there was no Jesus, there was no crowd, Peter, after having caught this amount of fish, would be puffed up with pride and ego. And more to the point, he would be confirmed in a sense that who I am is a sum of my gifts and my talents and my material possessions. But you see, in contrast, what's interesting is that at the end of today's gospel, Peter is able to walk away. He's able to walk away from the most fish he has ever caught in his entire life, which begs the question, why? Well, the answer to kind of change things up uh, isn't exactly the crowd. The answer is because of what he's gone through. Because he's gone through the crucible of life and everything that entails, suffering, confusion, pain, as a result of which his heart has changed, his heart is different, and he's able to walk away from his previous life to follow the Lord with a free and generous heart. And again, that's how the story basically ends. And so if you put it all together, what this means for us, practically speaking, is that if you want to become the person God is calling you to be, if you want to become this really effective instrument in God's hands, well, then to quote the book of Sirach, chapter 2, be prepared for an ordeal. In other words, be prepared to undergo this really long, protracted process where you're wanting and you're waiting and you're experiencing fatigue and confusion and pain, at the conclusion of which you will realize in retrospect that truly you are different and your heart is changed. Because the reality is that if you embrace the crucible of life with an openness of heart and a great trust in God's providential designs, you will realize again in retrospect that truly in the words of St. Paul, all things work together for the good for those who love the Lord. 
and may God bless you all.